Now, the theme for the youth this year is what? Seek now. Seek now. Seek now. And our theme scripture is Ruth. Is what? What's our theme scripture? Look on the board. Oh. What's our theme scripture? Oh, I can't see from here. Yeah, I know. Ecclesiastes 12.1. What's in Ecclesiastes 12.1? What's in Ecclesiastes 12.1? Yes. Don't let the excitement of your father forget your creator. Honor him in your youth before you grow old this day. Life is not pleasant anymore. Amen. I like the version you're saying. Remember what? Remember now. If you, if you are looking at the right version, you should say, Remember now your Creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days or before the difficult days come. Remember now your Creator in the days of your youth. In the days of your youth. Are you in the days of your youth? When are you to remember your creator? Now. So our theme is seek now. Now today, I will ask for your attention. If you're not listening to any of the messages we preach the whole year, listen to this one, okay? Hi, Bridget. So, the now is also an acronym that we are using to represent our goals for this year. The N is for Beverly. What? Nearness to God. Nearness to God. <laughs> the O is for Nick. Outreach to community. Outreach to community. And the W is for Nathan. We stay, we stay together. So fellowship. We stay together. So the now, seek now, speaks to, we have to seek God now. But it also sort of tells us what we'll be focusing on this year. You should all remember this, right? Yeah. Seek now. And then you should remember what the now um, is standing for. This was our theme scripture that we just quoted. Remember now your creator in the days of your youth before the difficult days come. So today, we actually begin a new series, which I have captioned, Seek Now or Never. Seek Now or Never. Okay? Seek Now or Never. One of the lies the devil tells us is that you always have time to do what you want to do. It's a big lie. That's why I believe God wants us to share, seek now or never. All you have is now. You don't have tomorrow. Remember now your creator in the days of your youth, before the difficult days come and the years draw near when you say, I have no pleasure in them. Do you know that? The most pleasurable days of your life is now. Somehow, we, f we feel like um, we're just 
waiting to start life. You want to start working, make some money, then you're really going to enjoy life. Isn't it what you always think? You're really going to enjoy life after you start working and then you're making your own money. You're living in your own home. You don't have mom or dad to tell you, hey, don't get up, sit down, don't go here, come. So you, we, we all feel like we're really going to enjoy life after we grow up. But do you consider that I'm grown up? If you consider that I'm grown up, then listen to what I'm telling you. Your best years are now. It's not when you grow up to become like me. Okay? Your best years are now. These years that you are in are the most pleasurable years of your life. Okay? Don't have any responsibility. How many of us pay rent? Nobody pays rent. You don't even have a feeling how it feels like to pay rent. And you don't know that it's so enjoyable not to have to pay rent. Right? But fast forward yourself maybe a few years and you start to pay rent. You will appreciate what I'm telling you. That your most pleasurable days are now. Don't pay hydro. Do you know how much it costs a month for hydro? So you have no clue. Don't even know. Do you know, Michaela? Not even how much it costs. Hey, good for you. You should enjoy life now. This is the best time to blow time. To enjoy your life. Right? Water bill. Vanessa, do you know how much water bill costs a month? You do? How much? Yeah, see, you don't know. You say 300, and I know you don't know. Yeah. You see? But those are the difficult days that the Bible says are coming. And that is why the best time for you to seek God is now. The best time. I mean, don't forget what I'm telling you. The best time of your life to seek God is now. That's why the devil tries to lie to us. That no, 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 don't worry. You figure it out after you have everything settled down. You are working. You are living with your family. You have two, three kids. Then you get serious with God. But the devil knows that if you cannot seek God now, forget it. That's why we're starting the series, Seek Now or Never. Amen. Seek now or never. Seek now or never. There is a time to do everything. When the time for something passes, doesn't matter how hard you try, it's, it's already passed. You can't do it anymore. You can't do it anymore. Seek now or never. The baby or the wedding, which one must come first? The wedding. The wedding. Are you sure? Well, if the baby comes first, it's don't get mad. Don't let you know. The baby or the wedding, the wedding must come first. You agree? 
the wedding must come first. Right? Now, if the baby comes first and the wedding follows after, you see that it's not the same. Do you realize that it's not the same anymore? What if you're pregnant on your wedding? Do you realize that it's still not the same anymore? It doesn't matter how hard you try, it's not the same. You still realize that it's not the same. Ghanaian wedding traditional that people don't even have white weddings after that you're basically married after the traditional. Do you realize that it's not the same? Irina? What's not the same? If the if the <laughs> if the baby comes before the wedding, however nice and glamorous you try to make the wedding, you still realize that this you missed something. Will you agree? No? So, how many of us ladies here will want our wedding to come before the baby? All of us. All of us. If, if you don't let the wedding come before the baby, I will, I, I will, hey, I don't know, I will box in power, I'll, I'll, I'll be in big fight with you. Ladies, you are forbidden to let the baby come before the wedding. All right. What about men? No baby before wedding. God forbid. Yes. Let's listen. Guys, let's listen. Listen. Uh, they got married properly. Marriage, marriage is an affair between two families, not two individuals. Adam and Eve, God did the marriage ceremony. Did you know God did the marriage ceremony for Adam and Eve? Did Adam go look for Eve? Who brought Eve to Adam? When you are, when you are getting married, who brings the bride to the groom? Yeah, the dad, the father. So God brought Eve to Adam. And that's how they got married. Right? That's your question? <laughs> All right, let's move on. So the point, the point that I'm making is that there is time for everything. 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 And I'm telling you that the time to seek God is now. <coughs> the time to seek God is when? Now. But what if God makes you get married at the age of 49? Do you know uh -huh. how difficult it is to have a baby? And God makes you get married at 49. God is not able to make you have a baby at no, 49. I'm it's difficult to have a baby when you're older. It's difficult for God or it's difficult for, for you. But are you the one to have a baby or is God to give you a baby? You. Let's move on, guys. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 22. Yes, Anel. Shh. Quiet, Anel, read for me. 
Amen. This is our theme scripture for this series. Flee also youthful what? Lusts. Flee also youthful lusts. Flee also youthful what? Lusts. Are you paying attention? Flee also youthful lusts, but pursue. Pursue what? Righteousness. Uh huh. Uh huh. With those who call on the Lord out, out of a pure heart. Second Timothy, what? 22. 2 verse 22. Well, I have to try and memorize it. Good scripture to memorize. Amen. Flee also youthful lusts. Flee also youthful lusts. Flee also youthful lusts. But pursue righteousness. Faith, love, peace with those also who call upon the Lord out of a pure heart. Amen. Flee also youthful lust, but pursue faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Amen. Amen. Flee also youthful lust. That's how I memorize scripture. I keep repeating it to myself. Flee also youthful lusts, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those also who call upon the Lord out of a pure heart. 2 Timothy 2, 22. You shouldn't, we can't forget. 2, 2, 2, 2. 2 Timothy 2, 22. Amen. So, what are the things we are to pursue if we are to flee youthful lust? Number one is what? Yes. Righteousness. Yes. Faith. What else? Uh-huh. Peace. Uh-huh. Before peace. Love. Peace. And then what was the last one? The last one is tricky. With those also who call upon the Lord out of a pure heart. You are to do it not alone, but you are to do it with people who are calling on the Lord out of a pure heart. So that's fellowship. Fellowship. So these five pillars are what we are going to look at in this series. Okay? And today... We are focusing on righteousness. Seek righteousness. Flee also youthful lust, but pursue what? Hadassah, pursue what? Righteousness. Today's memory verse is this one. Just remember up to this point. Flee also youthful lust, but pursue what? This one you can't forget. Just remember this one for today. Flee also youthful lust, but pursue what? Flee also youthful lusts, but pursue what? Righteousness. Shall we pray? Close your eyes, let's pray. We're praying. Father, please speak to us. 
in a very special way today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Seek righteousness. Pursue righteousness. When we say pursue something, we mean run after it. Pursue righteousness. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first. Is it too hot in here? Can someone, Isaac, can you bring it down, please? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. Seek ye first. Ruthie, seek ye first what? Seek first what? And what? His righteousness. And all these things will be added what? Unto you. Will be added to you. Seek first the kingdom of God. Second Corinthians chapter 7 verse 1. Michaela, can you read for me? Guys, pay attention. Yes, Michaela. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Amen. Another good scripture to memorize. Therefore, having these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Do you fear God? Do you fear God? To fear God, to fear God, if you read the book of Proverbs, is to fear evil or to fear sin. To hate sin is to fear God. What is the fear of God? What? To fear sin is to fear God. As simple as that. To fear sin is to fear God. If you don't fear sin, you don't fear God. If you don't fear sin, you don't fear God. He says, Having therefore these promises, let us cleanse ourselves. Does it say let the angels cleanse us? Does it say let your pastor cleanse you? Who is to do the cleansing? You. Cleansing who? Yourself. Cleanse yourself from the filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. When you do not fear God, you will not fear sin. What is sin? 
Irina. Things that you do that isn't good in God's eyes. Very nice definition. I like it. I like it too. Things that you do that isn't good in God's eyes. Mm. Right, princess? That is what? Sin. That is sin. Now, when you do not fear God, you will not fear sin. In other words... You will not care if whatever you are doing is not good in God's sight. You don't really care. Who cares what God thinks or what I'm doing? Right? That means that you do not fear God. There is a direct relationship between a high view of God and a high view of sin. A low view of God brings a low view of sin. When there is no fear of God, there is no fear of sin. Sorry. Yes, a low view of God brings a low view of sin. To explain that, if God is, you are always concerned about God and pleasing God, and there is an opportunity to sin against God, you will not take that opportunity because you want to please God. But if you don't really care about pleasing God and there is an opportunity that will make you happy but not necessarily God, you really will not care. Right? So when you have a low view of God, as in God is not big in your thinking and in your, the ones you want to please, God is not really making himself to that list of the ones you are living to please then it means you just live to please yourself. And that is sin. Let's move on. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 34, Princess, can you read for me? Awake to righteousness and do not sin. For some do not have the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Awake to righteousness and do not sin. So what, what does it mean then to be righteous? You know, we're talking about pursue righteousness. What does it mean to be righteous? From this scripture, what does it mean to be righteous? Yes, Judah. <coughs> to do what's right in God's eyes. What's the opposite then of righteousness? To do what's wrong or sin. Like from this scripture, awake to righteousness and do not sin. Do not sin. So whenever I sin, I am not walking in righteousness. You are correct. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Whenever I sin, I am not walking in righteousness. But then he gives a reason why people usually sin. What is the reason? What is the reason why people usually sin? It says what? For they do not have the knowledge of God. They do not have the knowledge of God. Now guys, think, think, think of this. If, if a cat comes in here, 
Will you run? Will you run away? A cat. A cat comes in here. A cat. Will you run away? No. Will you run away? Okay. How about? Listen, listen, listen. How about if a tiger comes in here? You will run away. But how about how about if a lion should come in here? You run away. How about if a worm it comes in here? Will you run away? How about a bigger worm like a snake? You will run away. Now, why will you run away if a snake or a lion comes in here? How do you know that? Did the lion or snake tell you that I'm coming here to kill you? How do you know that? There are some that are, somebody's pet is a snake. So how do you know that that snake is going to kill you? You know you don't trust snakes okay now listen guys listen the reason why the reason why you run away is because you know something about the nature of that animal right you know something about the nature of snakes you know something about the nature of lions are you with me because of what you know you behave differently when they are around. True? Because of what you know. You behave differently when they are around. Now, can you imagine he's sitting here and then a snake, a cobra, drops right in front of him and then he's still seated like that. What will that tell you about him? He has no fear. Or, <laughs> guys, guys, pay attention. Welcome, doctor. He has no fear, or what? No fear. Or he's blind. <laughs> right? He's not aware that a snake has fallen right in front of him. Maybe he's just not scared of snakes, but he's scared of everything. Or he's not scared of snakes. And if he's not scared of snakes, probably it's because he doesn't really know what they are capable of doing to him. Right? So, when people sin, oftentimes, it's not oftentimes, the underlying reason is because they don't know God. Right? If they really knew God, sorry, Kivon. If they really knew God, are you listening? If, if they really knew God and they really knew that where they are actually sinning, God is right there. And they knew who God is when it comes to God's nature against sin. They, they will not sin. Right? It's, it's like the snake falling down. If you really know that this cobra that has fallen down, just one bite and then I'll be gone. You won't be seated there and relaxed like that. Right? Listen to what um, 
Proverbs says. Proverbs says, the beginning of wisdom is the fear, the fear of the Lord. And the knowledge of the Holy One is what? Understanding. The knowledge of the Holy One. The Holy One is who? God. God. The knowledge of God is the same as... Now, you guys do, you do mathematics, right? Let's do, it. Let's do some equation here. Fear of the Lord is equal to what? Wisdom. Right? Wisdom is equal to understanding. Right? These are parallels. Right? These are parallels. So fear of the Lord is equal to wisdom. Wisdom is also equal to understanding. The knowledge of the Holy One is equal to understanding. Therefore, the fear of the Lord is the knowledge of God. When you really know God for who He really is, you will fear Him. And if you really fear Him, you will not play with sin. Should I say that again? If you really know God for who He really is, you will fear Him. You see, we trivialize God and joke about God and all that because we don't really know Him. If a lion should enter this room, you will not be all smiley and be relaxed like you are relaxed. Right, princess? Did you know that he is the lion of the tribe of Judah? What you need is the fear of God, beloved. You need to pray. Fill me, O God, with your fear. Remember the prayers we were praying in Isaiah 11. The seven spirits of God. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of, of the Lord. And then the spirit of what? Knowledge. And of the fear of the Lord. The spirit of the fear of the Lord comes upon you. You walk in God's fear. You fear God. You don't joke with sin. Our scripture in 2222 says what? What does 2222 says? Flee also what? Youthful lust. But pursue righteousness. Flee also youthful lust. But pursue righteousness. You know, there are, there, are, there are different ways you can run away from something. Okay? If, if someone is chasing you, last, there, was, uh, there was something in the news. I don't know if you guys heard it. A kidnapper was trying to kidnap a woman, right? And the woman, ran, uh, she, he got her into the car. And so, but then the kidnapper was trying to straighten up himself or something. The woman found a chance and then ran away. So while she was running, she ran into a Taekwondo um, shop or place. Fortunately, there were people there, kids there doing their lessons, and the instructor was also there. So the woman ran there. And then this kidnapper followed her into 
the Taekwondo player say bad idea. But it was a bad idea that he followed him her into the place where the Taekwondo instructor was there. Do you know how do you know how they carried the guy out of the place? They carried him on a stretcher. <laughs> An ambulance. Because the Taekwondo instructor gave it to him. They carried him out on a stretcher. This is not uh, fiction. This is story real that just happened. Now, the point is, this woman running away from the kidnapper, she could have run away into the streets, right? Will the kidnapper still have followed her? Yes. Now, don't you think that it was a very wise thing that while she was running away, she decided not to just run away, but she decided that, no, let me run away into this place. And so that was a very wise decision, right? Do you know why a lot of times we struggle with sin and we don't overcome? Because we're trying to just run away without thinking. Just run away into the streets. But this devil who is after you, he will not stop. He will still come after you. If you are smart and you see Jesus' Taekwondo shop there, and you know that the kidnapper is after you, won't you then run away into Jesus' Taekwondo shop so that the devil be carried away on a stretcher? Right? That is why 2222 says, Flee, flee, flee youthful lusts, but don't just be running away because you will not overcome by just running. Whilst you are running, pursue righteousness. So I am running away from this thing, but in my running away from it, I must actively chase righteousness. Pursue righteousness. Are you listening? So many people somehow believe, Beverly, read it for me. So many people somehow believe that as long as they do not feel that something is bad, that it is not, at, it is not bad. As long as they can feel okay about it, they can continue to do it. Right. As long as they do not feel so that something is bad, that it is not bad. As long as they can feel okay about it, they can continue to do it. So we measure whether something is right or wrong by how we feel about it. Right? How we feel about it. Oh, yeah, I don't think it's, it's that bad. It's okay. And, and, then, and then we kind of numb our senses to it and make ourselves feel it's okay. It's, it's, it's okay. It's not that bad. Right? As long as God does not deal with them immediately, they think, mm, it must be okay. Um, I think it's not such a big deal. Maybe God is okay. That's why I didn't fall down and die. It's not such a big deal. Really. Remember what I said. It is because you don't know God. That's why. You really don't know. That's why the snake is on your lap and you are still smiling. <laughs> And looking at it and smiling. Because you, you really don't know what you are playing with. 
Amen? You need to pray, God, fill me with your fear. Fill me with your fear. Let me fear you. Amen? If you think this way, then you clearly reveal that you do not know God. You do not know God. You do not know God. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 says something. Nick, read for me. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Amen. Another good scripture to what? Remember. Remember. If my people who are called by my name. Well, are you a Christian? Are you a Christian? Do you know that to be called a Christian is to be called by somebody's name? Right? If you are a Christian, you know you are being called by somebody's name. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. Then I will do what? Hear from heaven. And I will, he I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. Is it possible? That we can be called by his name and yet we have wicked ways and walk in sin. Is it possible? No. Because here he's saying, if my people who are called by my name. He says, if they will turn from their wicked ways, I will forgive their sin. So is it possible to be called by his name and have wicked ways and have sins? Mm -hmm. It's possible. And does he know about it? <coughs> All this while, he does know about it. Right? Has he, done, has he done something about it? No. Is he going to do something about it? You bet. You can bet everything you have to bet with. That God will always deal with sin. He will cease to be God if he doesn't deal with sin. Amen? So, he says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my what? Face. Seek my face. Remember what I'm telling you? That when we play with sin, it is because we don't fear God. You know? Have you seen anything that is scary enough to scare you? Before, when you see it, do you get scared? He says, if my people will seek my face. If you see God's face, do you know what will happen to you? Huh? If you see God's face, do you know what will happen to you? You will run away from sin anytime you see sin, when you see God's face. 
If they seek my face, they will turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin. I will heal their land. You know, one of the reasons why we do not see the hand of God moving on us is because we have lost the fear of God. We have lost God's fear. That's why His power doesn't rest upon us like we read about as he did in the Bible. I mean, Peter, the apostle, will be walking and his shadow, just his shadow falling on the sick, they get healed. As he's walking, you know, and his shadow just falls on, on them, they're shaking, they fall down, they get healed. Crippled are walking. They take handkerchiefs from the apostle Paul and they lay it on the sick and they get healed. You think God has changed? You think God cannot do it with you? Or you think you have to be a pastor before it happens? No. The one who prayed for Paul, Paul was struck by the light of God and he fell down and he became blind. Remember that story? And then God spoke to someone by the name of Ananias, go and pray for Paul. Ananias was not a preacher. He was not a pastor. He was not a leader. He was just an ordinary disciple. He went, prayed for him, laid his hands upon him. Scales fell from Paul's eyes. Paul was filled with the Holy Spirit. You think God cannot do it with you? In fact, if you read the Bible, majority of the people that God used were people like you. Youth, young people. God has always wanted, liked, loved, been highly interested in young people. Always. That is why I'm talking to you about seek now or never. You know, the best chance for you to find God if you seek him is now. Right now is your best chance to locate God if you find him. Did you know that it's not every time that you can find God even though you seek him? Did you know that? Isaiah 55. I don't have it here. Can someone read it for me? Isaiah 55 verse 8. Isaiah 55 verse 8. You know that there is a time that you can actually seek God but you will not find him. Isaiah 55, verse 8. I'm almost done. Yes. Can you read it for me, Nick? My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. Oh, actually, go start from verse 5. Five? Yeah. You also will command nations. Isaiah 55 from verse 5. Yeah. Okay. Or oh, maybe it is 6. Okay, you read from verse 5. You also will command nations you do not know. Uh-huh. Peoples unknown to you will come running to obey, because I, the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, have made you glorious. Seek the Lord while you can find him. Right. Call on him now while he is near. Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that he may have mercy on them. Okay. So let's read that again, verse 6. Seek the Lord, what? While you can find him. While you can find him. Seek the Lord. It's the smartest thing to do. 
right? If right now I have a clue, somebody has given me a hint that, you know, Jesus has come to Living Word is located at 139 Millwood Drive right now within the hours of 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Jesus is located here. Don't you think it would be a very, very foolish thing for me to be looking for him in Brampton around that time? It will, it will not be a smart thing to do, right? If you are very smart and God is telling you the best time for you to find me is now when you are in this age. If you are very smart, you will put in all your energy to seek God now. And not listen to the lie of the devil that, oh wait, you got more time. You got more time. Spend, enjoy life now. You can find God after you're done school, you're working, you're married. And the devil knows that those are evil days. That it will be very difficult for you to find God. If you lose the fear of God, there is nothing to restrain you. There is nothing to restrain you. You know you have lost your fear of God when you are not troubled that you will stand before God someday. You know that you don't fear God. Whenever you think about judgment day, it doesn't trouble you. Then you have really crossed the line. You know there's judgment day. You know that you will stand before God. I will not be there to defend you. Your parents will not be there. You will, be, you will stand before God alone, Kivon. Alone. Right? And it should trouble you when you think of it. Look at this scripture. First John chapter 3. And I'll read it for me. Louder. Right? It says, this is another good scripture to memorize. All my scriptures are good scripture memorization. Yes. Um, why should people be scared if you know that in your heart you're going to heaven? Right. Why should people be scared of judgment day if you know that? So, good. This scripture will tell us. It says, Beloved, now are we the children of God, even though it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that... When he is revealed, we shall see him as he is. We shall be like him. Verse 3. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself, even as he is pure. In other words, he's saying, even though we are Christians, and we know that we are not facing the judgment to go to hell, but we also know that we will face our own judgment as Christians. Remember when we talked of um, the apocalypse, I taught you about the Bema judgment, where Christians, we will also be judged. We will also stand before Jesus. And he says that we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. It's not like uh, some angel trying to paint Jesus. I mean, Jesus is here. We are here. We are seeing him as he is. Right? And he's saying anyone who lives in expectation of this encounter they will purify themselves. Why? Because 
I don't want to be ashamed when I stand before him. I mean, and I look at him, he died on the cross. I see the nails in his hands, the, the, his back. He shows me his back. I see all that he went through. And then I'm standing and looking at him and I couldn't even overcome sin just for his glory. I don't want that. I, like I'm looking at Jesus and I'm, I just enjoyed my last. No. He's saying anyone who has this hope, what hope? The hope of seeing Jesus. The hope of standing, I'm here, Jesus is here and I'm looking at him. If I have that hope, I will do everything I can to purify myself now. Make myself holy. Remember 2 Corinthians 7.1. Let us cleanse ourselves from the filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. He will purify himself just as he is pure. Did I answer your question? A desire to see and experience God is the beginning of your journey to holiness. A desire to see and experience God. And I tell you all, all the time that me, I want to see Jesus. It's not just uh, something that, yeah, I can come and say, oh, look, I've seen Jesus. No, because I know what seeing Jesus will do to me, to change my heart. It will, it will help me big time. Even, even if I don't see him, just the desire to want to see him alone is even changing my life. Do you get what I'm saying? Just even wanting to see him alone is affecting my behavior. A desire to see and experience God is the beginning of your journey towards a life of holiness. You know, when you don't care about God, you will not care about being holy. When you have no hunger for God, you will have no hunger for righteousness. Ransford, read this scripture for me. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. It's not only food that you can get hungry for. Hmm? It's not only rice and uh, uh, Beverly, what's to you? Contumbre, contumbre stew. An egg. An egg. It's not only rice and contumbre stew that you can be hungry for. Right? Or, uh, omutuo. No, yempe omutuo. Hey! Kokonte, no, 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 no. Omutuo with cutting quine. Eh? Oh, no, no, you are missing. <laughs> it's not only food that you can be hungry for. You can be hungry for God. Are you listening? You can be hungry for God. He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And then he goes on and says, blessed are the pure in heart. For they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart. Let me try and wrap up. In Hebrews 12, 14, 
It says, pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Holiness, without which no one. No, no one means no one. Doesn't matter what title you carry, uh, pastor, pope, apostle. No one means no one. Okay? Many do not believe God sees them and do not believe he's aware of the condition of their hearts. Now we think that God is not aware. God hasn't seen what you do in secret. You know, and the reason why people think that way is because it's like nothing has really happened to them. It's like every time they do it, everything goes on normal. No, 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 nothing has changed, everything is normal, so it's like God is not aware. They think that if he sees them and does not stop them, it is okay. It means that God is cool. God understands my weakness. God knows. But he does see you and may not stop you and it is not okay. It is not okay. When I sin and I think that God has not seen me and because God has not done anything to me, it is okay. I am deceiving myself. God has seen me and God is not happy and it is not okay. Do you get it? I must change. I must repent. I must turn. If the word of God says it is sin, it is sin. It doesn't matter how I feel about it. If God's word says this is wrong, it is wrong. It doesn't matter how I feel, how somebody tries to explain. You know, I can stand here as your pastor and try to make you all feel so nice. Don't worry. Jesus has died for you. Everything is covered by the blood. God understands. You are all fine. You are all children of God. You are all going to heaven and make you all feel good. It doesn't make it right. Are you with me? Do you think I have the keys to heaven's gates? No, I don't have the keys. When we both, all of us get there, I'll try and get in. I won't say, oh, you go ahead, and then I'll be there and say, you go, and then what if I don't also go? <laughs> we'll all be struggling to get in. So if God says it is sin, it is sin. Don't let anybody make you bring it down. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3 to 5. Beverly, read it for me. Sanctification. It's a big word for holiness. Amen. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. I don't know if I told you about the will of God before. It's one of the best prayers you should pray. Not my will, but your will be done. Jesus, one of Jesus' best prayers. The will of God is more powerful than anything. The will of God. Pray for it for yourself. Let your will be done in my life. 
You can pray for a car. Why should I pray for a car when I can pray for God's will to be done? Right? It's a very, very foolish prayer request to be praying for a car when you can pray for God's will to be done. Maybe that car will be your tomb. God forbid. But you don't need to pray for a car. Pray for God's will. Do you get it? Don't people die in cars? People die in cars. Why should I spend my energy praying, God, give me the car that I will die in? Hey, Tofiakwa. Oh, not Tofiakwa. God forbid. Yeah, you guys corrected me. So, you pray for God's will. Now, it says, this is the will of God for you. Anytime you see anything in the Bible that it says this is the will of God, you must chase it with all your heart. Because God's will is the best thing that can happen to a person. This is the will of God. Your sanctification or your holiness. In other words, God wills for you to be holy. Right? He wants it. He passionately desires it. That, Nadel, you will be holy. It is God's will. You should abstain from sexual immorality. Why am I talking about that? Because 2222 says what? Flee youthful lusts. You know, at this age of our life, one of the strongest challenges we have to deal with is youthful passions. It's, it's strong in us. I mean, you can pretend to be sanctimonious and holy and whatever but the truth is we are full of passions as youth the hormones and the, everything is strong even in me because me too I'm youth or you don't think I'm youth <laughs> it doesn't matter that you're a pastor okay okay so those passions are strong in us. You know, who the two, 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 who was Paul writing it to? Timothy. Paul was writing to Timothy. Timothy was a youth. He was a young man who was pastoring a church. He was a young man who was pastoring a church. Right? And Paul knew it doesn't matter that he's pastoring a church. Passions are passions. They don't have respect for pastor, whatever. Who cares? So he wrote to him and said, Timothy, you are a young man. I know that those passions are in there. They are strong. You are there, you feel like looking at this thing. You are there, you feel like this person who has passed, let me just last after this person small. Because nobody will see it. Because the passions are there. And Timothy, Paul wrote to him and says, look, you are a young man, those passions are there, but run away from it. Run away from it. And he's saying that, it is not enough to just run away from it. When you are running away, run to righteousness. Run to righteousness. And he says, every one of you should know how to possess his own vessel. His own vessel means his own body. His own body. Why? Because the, the sexual sins are sins that are in your body. Okay? There are sins that are in your body. Can you close the door, please? Close both doors. He says in verse 7, God did not call us to uncleanness, but to holiness. Yes, Michaela. Can you take them out of your body? 
How do you do that? Very good question. Everything we are going to talk about in this series, you need it to take these things out of your body. So I'm going to touch on them. Here, he says, Be ye holy, because I am what? Because I am what? Holy. This is God. But as he who has called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Because as it is written, be holy because I am what? I am holy. 1 Corinthians 6, 18, it says, flee. You see flee here again, right? Flee sexual immorality. Yes, Nana. <coughs> sexual immorality is a big word that sums up all that has to do with sexual sins. So in sexual immorality, you have fornication. You know fornication is sleeping with somebody when you are not married to that person. That's fornication. Then there's adultery. Adultery is for those of us who are already married, sleeping with someone who you are not married to, so other than your wife. So sexual relationship. Then there is pornography. Pornography is part of sexual immorality. Right? So looking at sexually explicit stuff, yes. Uh, depends on the conditions of the divorce. So if it was just like, oh, I don't love you anymore. Works. Yeah, that's a different conversation. Yeah. That would be a different conversation altogether. So what was I? Pornography. Um, masturbation. You all know what that is, right? You want me to explain? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind. I'll explain it. I'm a pastor. I have to tell you. So that you know. But you know what that is? It's all part of sexual immorality. Why? Because your body doesn't belong to you. Do you know that? Your body doesn't belong to you. Your body belongs to God. That's why our scripture says, remember now your creator. Your creator. He created you. If you remember him, you will not treat your body like it is yours. Right? Yes. Sorry, one more question. Why did God give us all these desires at this young age? Yeah. Very, very good question. I have to pick that question in next, uh, next week. Very, very good question. Now, the reason, and, and you see, that question is tied to the reason why God's number one choice is young people. It's because of those passions that he gave, he gave us. You see, when you try to just run away from the kidnapper, it will not be wise. You, in running away from the kidnapper, you have to run to the Taekwondo shop. Right? So direct the running away energy into something good that will save you in the end. So, for instance, I have those strong passions. What can I do with those passions? Can I direct those passions to Jesus and passionately love Jesus now? Passionately use my time now for Jesus because as a young person now, I have a lot of time. And a lot of the sins we struggle with is because we have time on our hands. 
So I'll touch more on it next week, okay? Matthew 5.28, I say to you, whoever looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. You know, it's not about what you think. It's about what God says is wrong, period, right? God is not asking for your opinion. Oh, what do you think? Do you think this is wrong or this is right? No, he's telling you that this is the marking scheme. This is the judgment standard. If you look at a person with lust, you see, and whenever we talk about these things, then the ladies, the ladies with their nice faces pretend like um, they are all so nice. They are all equally struggling, guys, like we all are. <laughs> guys, are you with me? The ladies are equally struggling. And so, all of us should pay attention. When you look at a woman, with lustful thoughts, Jesus said, you might as well should have gone to bed with that person because you have already sinned. Now, if you are struggling with these thoughts, there is a way out. I told you this scripture before. It says, do not last after her beauty in your, in your heart or do not last after his handsomeness in your heart. Right? Nor let her allure you with her eyelids. Can a man take fire to his bosom and his clothes will not be bent? Or can one walk on hot coals and his feet not be seared? The devil will lie to you. Don't worry, nobody will see you. It's okay. You just did it last time. You did it again. And everything was normal. It's like nothing really happened. But you don't even know that your clothes are bent and your feet are bent. You will find out many years from now that you've messed up your life. How do we come out? Job said, Daddy, come in. I need to ask Makila a quick question. Okay. okay. Is service done? Okay, okay. Let's, let me wrap up. He said, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look at a woman with lust. Okay, this was Job. He covenanted with his eyes. He, he had a personal <coughs> principle. I will not do this. One of the things I never do is to look. You know, it's, it's one thing when you are not looking and then somebody just passed. Uh, you are not looking... But it's another thing that after the person has passed, you turn your eyes and then you look. Right? You shouldn't do that. The person passed, you didn't see. It's okay. Put your head down. Save yourself from trouble. Amen? You were watching the TV. You didn't intend on going to some weird site. Something passed. Don't continue to look. Switch change the channel or go to bed or something. Yes. So what exactly would be lust? Like thinking that someone's good looking or wanting them? Wanting them. Not just not thinking that someone is good looking. I mean, no. But wanting them. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. What's the oh, wow? Right? All right. My time is gone. But in summary... Remember 2222. Flee also youthful lusts, but pursue 
righteousness. I want to close off with these few scriptures here. Revelation 19. It talks about when we stand before God. There is a cloth that we will be clothed with. Do you know what those clothes are? Those clothes are the righteous acts that we are doing today. You don't want to be on that day naked in the midst of everybody. Because you had no righteous acts to clothe yourself with. Right? It says, His wife has made herself ready, and to her it was granted to be arrayed or clothed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Amen. This other scripture, Revelation 22. What does this scripture say? Beverly, read it for me. He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is wealthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. Right? You see, see, God is leaving the choice to us. You decide. Today is the first Sunday of this year. We have many days ahead of us. 2019, you can decide, I'm filthy, I want to continue to be filthy. It's up to you. Or, I want to change. I want to be holy this year. I want to make it one of my aim, things that I'm seeking, to be righteous. I want to be righteous. I want to be right. And whatever it takes. Now, I've not, I haven't gone into detail on what you need to do, but I'm going to in the series. You don't want to miss it. But whatever it takes, you want to make that personal resolution in yourself that this year, of all the things that I'm going to seek, I want to seek to be righteous and holy before God. Amen. As you go home this week, begin to pray. God, I need to come out of this. Help me. Just pray the whole week. God, help me. God help me. Next week, we'll be talking about the other pillars. Faith, love, peace, fellowship. You need all five of them to be able to turn around to seek God in this year. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love for us and how that you do not desire for us to continue living the way we have been living. And so you have given us the Holy Spirit to help us. I pray, Holy Spirit, that this week you will trouble us. You will convict us. You will break our hearts. You cause us to weep and to mourn, to cry before you until you change us and make us to be like Jesus. As we partake of this communion, I ask, Spirit of holiness, that you fill us and put in every one of us a strong desire to live for you alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.